Thank you for joining us. It's our mission to restore hope and make a positive difference in your life today. Remember to hit subscribe so you can be the first to know when we release new content. Let's go now to today's message. The Word of God in 1 Corinthians 4, and we're going to read a couple of verses beginning at 14 through 16. If you're there, say amen. I hear pages. I love it. Some of you are scrolling, and that's okay, too. If you don't have it, I believe we're going to have it on the screen today. Verse 14 says, I do not write these things to shame you, but as my beloved children, I warn you. For though you might have 10,000 instructors in Christ, yet you do not have many fathers. For in Christ Jesus, I have begotten you through the gospel. Therefore, I urge you, imitate me. Come on, just say thank you for the word, Lord. Say, help me get it today, Father. Help her teach it and preach it today, Father. There you go. And say, I receive it. In Jesus' name. Go ahead and high-five your neighbors. Say, get ready to imitate me. Get ready, get ready, get ready to imitate me. I know you've been waiting on this moment. Get ready to imitate me. You've been trying. Now I'm going to teach you how to do it. Praise God, right? You know, that, that word imitator in, in the day and hour that we're living, it's not always good in that term. But Paul is teaching the Corinthians a message here. He, he, is, he has just hit them pretty hard with some hard truths. Has anybody ever had anybody hit you with some hard, hard truth before? He's just hit them real hard with some things. And he's not doing it in a manner of saying, I'm above you and you are beneath me, but he's trying to get them into alignment of saying you've needed an attitude adjustment. I love you enough to say, hey, some things are out of line here, and I want to address that. His purpose is to not make them feel bad about themselves. Instead, the word says that he considers them to be his beloved children in the faith, and he's hoping to help them turn and go in a better direction who needs a turn in your life come on have you ever been down a crooked path in life and somebody brought a good word to you of correction it's not always the feel good kind of word you know what I mean because sometimes somebody will tell you you look cute and you're gonna keep on down the road that says danger ahead and you'll feel cute about it true but here he is instructing and he's saying, listen, I, I, I want to address this from a fatherly perspective because my love for you is so great. I know that God's potential in you is greater than the attitude that you've been bearing. And if you continue down this path, there's a cliff at the other end of this. So he's saying, I just, I want to warn you as my children. He is simply explaining his role in their spiritual life while also explaining his love for those under his care. And he claims a responsibility. How many knows that when you step up to a fathering role, it's a responsibility? Fathers, Holly. 
There's a weight that you carry as the responsible head of your family and your life. So listen, it, it's, not, it's not one of those things that you just do haphazardly. You sleep on it. You go to bed with it. You wake up with it. It is a constant thing in your mind to say, there are people following me. However, let's look at Paul's life. Paul is not married. Paul is not a natural father, and yet he is willing to take a responsibility in a role that he did not have to take. Some of you in this room this morning, I, I've already seen it, I've already heard it, I've already felt it. Mother's Day is a very hard day for you. Some of you, Father's Day is a very hard day for you, and oftentimes Father's Day is a hard day for different reasons. Some of you, it's because your natural father has gone on to be with the Lord. And the word of God says to train up a child in the way they should go. And when they're old, they will not depart from it. Honor thy mother and thy father, which means to do well with your life. If you had a good natural daddy, you need to think the heavens above God on his throne because he has instructed you and led you to where you are today and now it is your responsibility and mine to do well with what has been given to me so often we we misunderstand honor in a lot of ways and, and honor is so important in the kingdom of God and it is one of those things like I said like a magnet and I said it a few Wednesdays ago that is why we worship the Lord the reason our focus has to shift and it has to change from the natural realm to a higher realm is because whatever you magnify will what is manifesting in your life today? Is it the overwhelming beating of trouble at your door? I, I know it's there because it's been at mine. I, and I'm not negating the fact, and I'll even validate that it seems as if the war of hell has come even with greater force than ever before. But where is our focus? Do we fret at what is at the door or do we look to who is the door? Because when the hell is at this door, I'm getting ready to open another one and step on in a place. And when I step into that door, I shut it and I am in a secret place with my father. And when he sees me in this secret place, the Bible says in Matthew 6 that he will reward me openly. How is the reward taking place? Because I've honored him. Honor keeps you in fellowship, right. right? And he sent me a clip yesterday of Pastor Parsley teaching, and it was so powerful. And I thought, well, my God, I was going to use this in my sermon. So PRP, here it goes. What you honor will draw close to you. If you feel resistance in your own home, it's because dishonor is present. Whoa. <laughs> uh, that's not even a thing anymore, is it? I still like it. I'm trying to be cool, Payne. He's already told us. Ain't nobody cool in this room. I'm trying. 
My kids would have hid under the seat if I had turned on the father Abraham that I was going. I was getting ready to do it, y'all. It was tight in here. I texted David. I said, pull that thing up, and we get ready to make these daddies dance. It's, oh, he said, we'll do it at the end. It's like, Father Abraham had many sons. Ooh, it's a hip-hop version of Father Abraham. Right on. That's what it does. Y'all's about to be made a fool of in the house of God. You still might. Don't put it past me. <laughs> Woo. The Bible said that Jesus could only do a few miracles in his hometown because there was dishonor. Right? And sometimes dishonor creeps in without even knowing how it got there because there's been a door opened up. And at times when you feel distance with somebody and you're trying to read, it's because there's been dishonor. And you cannot move close to what you are dishonoring. But as James says, when you turn your heart and you draw nigh to God, because whatever you're moving towards is where your heart is turned. And it says when you begin to take one step to God, which means I'm honoring you by turning to you first, then he takes a massive step towards me. Sometimes it's dishonor in both ways. Sometimes, uh, as, as Paul's teaching here about instructors, that word instructors in the Greek is pedagogue. And it's those who conduct children in school. And he's saying, you, you very well may have tens of thousands of instructors. It's like a, 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 a slave uh, to, to being taught. You know what I mean? And oftentimes we treat church as an instructive time instead of being with the father. You know what I mean? When you went to school, who's in school right now? Well, you're not because it's summertime. I'm still in school. Anybody else in school? Who will be I, every day of our life? I love that elder Jim. Yep. I'm being schooled every day. But here's the facts as he is saying, but I am admonishing you as a father in the faith. And there is a difference in being an instructor and being a father. Oftentimes in this, in this whole thing, it was as if it was a superintendent to conduct care in the midst of a schoolroom. So I, I know that when we go to school, how many of you remember what you did in the eighth grade? You do? Wow. Eva might, because that was last year. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> but that instruction is but for a moment and not for a lifetime. So we come to church to barely get by, to take the test on Friday. And hope for the great to be good. And then I'm going to go back to school on Sunday, listen to that uh, lecture, be instructed to try to make the next grade to pass the test. 
Here's the difference. The instructor and your teachers have a certain sphere of authority. They can teach you a realm in the way you should go. And there, listen, I'm not negating teachers. I'm thankful for many teachers and many instructors. But a teacher in your child's life is not the end all be all. You expect a teacher to lead your child all the days of their life. But if they come home off the bus and never hear from a daddy or a mama, if they never hear from the voice of a father, that teacher's voice will be dead in the morning to that child. Or maybe there is such dishonor in the home towards the teacher that the child's so rebellious when they get in the schoolhouse. Right? If you can teach your kid, you need to do it. Don't war against what's supposed to be a help to your house. Ooh. They only, a teacher and a tutor and an instructor has limited authority. Limited. Limited. Who's with me this morning? These instructors and tutors had help in caring and the rearing of a child to a certain point. But they did not have the rights or were not the right alignment to offer the fatherly instruction and affection that a child needed. And so Paul is standing and he's saying, listen, you will heave to yourself, teachers. You're going to have tens of thousands instructors and you're going to need them. If you look back over your life, there was a teacher. Now listen, in, for, in kindergarten, let's just shoot you straight. I, my testimony, uh, I began being sexually abused at five years old. So my parents didn't know it. Nobody knew it. But all of a sudden, I'm shipped off to kindergarten. My mom is pregnant. My whole world is falling apart while under the needs surface I am in such a disarray and turmoil there was a teacher her name was Mrs. Bear and I cried every single day of kindergarten every day true story and that weeping and crying caused that instructor to say what is going on and not that I was saying, I need special treatment, but that instructor recognized there's something here that's not lining up. And she began to say, baby, come sit by me and let me instruct you in how to be in a classroom. Let me instruct you in how to write your alphabet. Let me show you this one-on-one -on -one thing. I was so thankful for Mrs. Bear. And then I went into first grade, and there was a teacher I leveled up. And Miss Julie Coe, she was like whatever the prize is of winning the, the Teacher of the Year award. She won it multiple years in a row in Kentucky. She was a gem and a jewel. I still am trying to hunt her down today to tell her what an impact her instruction had in my life. Because Miss Julie Coe went outside of her realm of authority and she she began to go, listen, Miss Lynn, 
Can, can uh, Amanda stay after school and help me a little bit? She began to pour value into me that they didn't know was missing. But an instructor could see something needs to be filled in this area. And she began to say, now listen, baby, I need you to alphabetize all of these books. What I didn't realize is that there were times I can think back to that very young age. I would see her taking all the books off the shelf just to give me something to do. See, nowadays, if you saw us coming in here and making a mess, you would say, I'm not doing it. You clean it up. You did that. What you don't understand is that it is training ground. It's not about us trying to give you busy work. It's about us saying, baby, I'm trying to show you that you can put your hands to something, see the beginning of a mess, and see the end of it being completed. We need wise instructors in the kingdom of God. We've got to have it. We have to have it. Without it, we don't ever start on this journey called life. But those 10,000s of instructors, while they are necessary, they cannot take the place of the deeper level. <laughs> A deeper realm of hearing a voice that goes even deeper than I knew I had capacity to go. So here, Paul is saying things like, you know, we are fools for Christ's sake. Are you willing to be a fool? Are you willing? He said this to the present hour. We both hunger. Are you willing to be so hungry, but yet still be in Christ? Are you willing to be so thirsty? Are you willing to be poorly clothed and beaten and homeless? And we labor working with our hands. Being reviled, we bless. Being persecuted, we endure. What type of instruction are we given to a generation? Ooh, girl, they took your coat. You better go beat them down and take theirs. What are we teaching a generation? What instructions are we giving in a culture that has literally lost their mind? I said it a few weeks ago in Mobile, and I'm not sure if I said it here, but I'll say it again. Last time I was instructed about nouns and pronouns, the word they and them included multiple people. What does the word of God say about multiple people in one space? My name is Legions. We are many. So instead of casting out devils, I'm just supposed to fall prey to your pronoun and not instruct you or be a spiritual mother and God forbid a spiritual father speak up and correct some things in this life. Instead of saying, baby, come follow me and let me show you how to deal with the they and thems in one hosting space. You don't, got, you don't have to clap. 
We need to be teaching our children the way of the kingdom of God. If we are sending them off to be instructed and yet they hear and they see a different thing in our homes, we will utterly destroy a whole future generation that is meant to carry the inheritance and the blessing with your name on it. Many instructors, but no, it's one of those things. Do as I say, but not as I do. Because you see, I didn't go home with those teachers and those teachers didn't come home with me. They weren't sitting at my table. They weren't there in the late hours of night when my parents, the divorce began to unravel. My teachers had nothing to do with it. I still was living in hell, trying to be instructed, trying to do all the things. And being pulled every which way. So oftentimes, fathers are comfortable taking an instruction role. And mamas, we have destroyed a relationship with fathers and our children. When your daddy gets home. Ooh, you wait till I tell you. We have cause utter fear. In relationship with the Father. We do the same thing in the house of God. I can't go to the Father won't even hear me. No, because you refuse to go through the door. You refuse to come under the blood. And there is no way to the Father except through him. So if Jesus is our intercessor, why as mothers are we not standing in the gap? Now listen, I, I, I am, or I'm not going to tell your father, I'm going to keep this from him. So we're teaching our children how to be fearful of the seed giver, of their provider, of their comforter, or we're teaching them how to lie and be deceptive and manipulative. Everybody good? Well, I, I'm not, I'm not going to tell your dad. So then the mother becomes the best friend. And daddy is out the door doing God knows what, running God knows where, because a prophet is not honored in his own home. <laughs> Look, I'm here to rebuke all sides of the fence today. Even myself. My children know that when something happens, they'll say, God, does dad really have to know this? And what do I say? I don't keep things from your father. We're not going to keep this from him. We're going to share this with him. But I promise you, if you will tell the truth, if you will share the whole story, he's going to restore you. Now, there have been times you wait till your dad gets home, but then I handle it myself, you know? <laughs> Ooh. But if we as intercessors or instructors would set everybody at the table, if you feed them, they'll come. Let me make a meal. Let me set everybody here, and we're going to talk this out. Because I have been watching households be destroyed for the lack of honor. 
Young people, we think we know it all. I remember being that age. I remember my parents divorced. My dad lived three and a half hours away, and he became an instructor to me every two weeks. Sometimes that's the comfortable place because the instructor doesn't have to deal with the day in, day out hell, right? They don't have to be there when the baby's fever is spiked. You don't know what to do. Ain't nobody else there to watch the other kids. When you're out working, I'm not, listen, I'm, I love my daddy. Don't get me wrong. I love my daddy. And he, he was an incredible provider and still is. If I needed anything to this day, I could call him. I've about told him I want to put a horse on your land. And he would tell me no at first, but then he'd say, all right. have an incredible father but there is a time and space where we need that father's voice beyond being told what we should do but being shown a way to walk out this life a way to walk it out listen come in and peer in in my imperfections Come in and peer in. Let's talk this out. But I'm going to tell you, I want to hear what you have to say, but you're not going to dishonor me in this home. Set some standards, Dad. You're not going to dishonor me. I want to be your friend, but we need to remember I'm not your friend in these moments. I'm your father. I'm your mother. I want to hear what you have to say, but then you also have to be willing to receive my instruction to follow. Let's read Galatians 4. Now listen to this. So often fathers, listen, it's a tough job. It's a tough job providing. It's a tough job leading. It's a tough job. Listen, especially when you've got, you know, all the weight of the world on your shoulder. We, maybe you didn't have the greatest of instructor as a father. All of those things fall prey into it. Some, some of you have made choices that have brought dishonor in your atmosphere, but you're still breathing. And there's still hope. So let's just read this about for, uh, on Galatians 4. He said, now I say to the heir, as long as he is a child, does not differ at all from a slave. Now that's interesting, right? Though he is the master of it all but is under guardians and stewards, get this, until the appointed time by the Father. Even so, we, when we were children, were in bondage under the elements of this world, but now we have come in heirs and joint heirs with Christ Jesus. So the Bible tells us that we must come to him as a child, right? He doesn't expect you to come to him in pride and in arrogance and having all the answers to this life's problems. He actually wants to be a father. He wants to be able to teach you in the way you should go in this hour. But he's saying, you need to understand something. When you are even an heir and you own it all, there is an appointed time for that to be released. 
And so I want to ask you this morning, what timeline are you in? Because we see in the scripture of the prodigal son what happens when an inheritance is released too soon. When he still has the mind of a child. When he has not grown up in the way that he should go. He he runs off with an inheritance and squanders every last penny of it away. The father's love towards us is that he is holding your promise until the appointed time of release. And so the question is, if you have an inheritance and you do today and you say, God, I've been an instructor, I've been a teacher, but I'm ready to be a voice as a father to a people and catch this. You don't have to be a natural father. This is the power of spiritual sons and spiritual daughters. Paul goes down in 19 and he says it like this, my little children for whom I labor in birth again until Christ, listen, is formed in you. See, an instructor will just give you the words, but a father will help form. He said, I knew you before I formed you in your mother's womb. And we need spiritual fathers on the scene. We got lots of spiritual mamas. And I'm so thankful for my spiritual mothers. But we have few fathers in the day, that the hour that we're living in. Because the enemy has put such a weight on men that we can't see past our own house. Let alone help form somebody else's relationship with Christ. So he lures you with temptation. He lures you with fear of tomorrow. He lures you with the provision that you don't bring into your house yet. He lures you. He lures you. He lures you. And he keeps us so entangled in our own bondage that we could not ever offer a fatherly instruction to anybody else. We're working on our own formation And it's a clump of mess right now. Zach, if you're in here, come on to the keys, baby. But I I was reminded of the song. He's still working on me. To make me what I ought to be. If it took him just a week to make the moon and the stars. The sun and the earth. Jupiter and Mars. How loving and patient. He must Stand to your feet in this room. And fathers, just lift up your hands and say, because he's still working on me. There really ought to be a shine upon my heart. Don't judge me yet. There's an unfinished part. Uh, Something. I, I... He's still working on me. It's that simple. You may not be a natural mother or father in this room. But I'm calling those who have a desire to allow a holy God to form 
inside of you because the scripture says when you come into Christ we enter at at this base level of his feet and so I want to remain at his feet but I also grow up into the stature of who he is and young people youth and 20s and 30s listen to the instruction of a wise father and a wise mother they are not here to beat you down over the head and tell you you'll never make it you're not good enough but it is their duty and they are taking a responsibility to say i need to warn you if you do not hear these words I fear what may come. I am trying. I can't form you into me, but I'm trying to lead you to be formed into him. So while I love imitation in the church of the living God, we've had a lot of copycat, duplicate, 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 manufactured. And we're calling them sons and daughters. But a father has the ability to reproduce. Your children don't look just like you. They may not watch. Some of you may have children that literally are the spitting image of you. But some of you, they have, your children have different characteristics, but they're same. Different giftings, but same spirit. So my question is to you, in these last days, 2 Timothy 4 and 3 says, For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. But after their own lust, they shall heap to themselves teachers having itching ears. Here's the difference in an instructor and a teacher. That teacher teaches you and sends you out the door and expects you to figure it out. A father is one who will answer the call at midnight. A father is one that you can go to and say, man, I have messed up so bad. And you become restored gently, not because you hear everything you want to hear, but because there is a responsibility coming from a fatherly affection that says, you are made for more, my son and my daughter. So even, listen, you can go to YouTube and get instructed in how to do a thing. And then you got to call somebody to fix what you just tried to do. <laughs> All the two tool sets that fathers are getting today, I'm just saying. My husband, he, he, and he can, he can do just about anything, but he, I'll say, I would, I think I would like this. He goes, I can do that. And I'll go. All I need to, to, that's what he says. All I need is this and this and this. So you need me to spend thousands of dollars to buy you all the stuff. To watch YouTube for five days. 
You want to know why? Because men at times you're prideful. And if I could silently figure this out, I don't need to hear anybody else. But here's what I'm telling you. If you are not willing to be fathered, it's almost impossible to father. We need many fathers in the day and hour that we're living in. We need spiritual mamas to rise up and say, baby, let me show you a thing. I don't want to hear you. I already know it all. My son is a new driver and he is already day one. He's known how to drive all of his life. I know what I'm doing. I'm like, well, if you know what you're doing, you got the steering wheel going the wrong direction. I'm just saying. But is that not like us even with God? Even with God, Father God, who sends his word to heal us and to save us and to sanctify. I got this, God. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. I just need some instruction. I don't need to know exactly what steps to take. I'll figure it out. Right? If all the natural fathers would come up to the front, And then I want those who desire to be a father and those who desire to be a spiritual voice to a people and to a generation, I want you to file in behind them. Jesus said in John 14, if you had known me, you would have known my father also. For now, on you know him and have seen him for you have seen him he said if you believe that I am in the father and the father is in me these words that I speak to you I do not speak on my own authority but my father who dwells in me does the works we got to know the difference in being an instructor and being a spiritual voice of reason for a generation. The Bible in Luke 11 says, if you be an evil, know how to give good gifts to your children. How much more? How much more? How much more? Listen, if you have a need in this room, and here's what I can tell you as a spiritual mother, I have failed desperately at times when but it's interesting that in this scripture of, a, of Galatians he's saying I'm carrying you and I've got birthing pains because I'm desiring to see Christ formed in you not being illegitimate children but all of you right now you may not be with that spiritual leader in your life but you can think of somebody who formed a fashion of Christ in you right now we need to honor that. But I'm telling you, that same spirit that has been given to you, it's not just so we can walk around and say, I have all the answers, but say, God, create in me, form in me, fashion in me, so I can be a father voice to a dying generation, to a generation that is full of rebellion, to a generation that is heaving to themselves, teachers having itching ears and longing to hear it, but figuring it out for themselves. God, give me wisdom in this day and in this hour to be a father voice. Come on, lift up your hands, dads. 
Now, church, I want you to stretch your hands forward. Young people, you're not here yet, but you will be. And I'm telling you, while you carry seed and release seed, we need spiritual daddies and mamas to raise up in the atmosphere. It's not about how many numbers of children you naturally have. What are you willing to do for the kingdom of God? I don't want to just be an instructor. I want to be a father. Which means my love for you is so great. An instructor can only go so far with authority. But a father releases a divine appointment over a child. So Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for these God-fearing men in this room today. Lord, I thank you for the instruction of your word that has been poured as seed into them, God. And as a mother in Israel, as a mother in Hendersonville, as a mother of this house, I water the seed of God over their hearts, over their minds, over their house today. I honor these men before me today, God. Forgive us women where we have dishonored the voice of the Father. Forgive us, Father, for teaching our children to be dishonoring to the men of God in our life. Forgive us, Lord, for teaching our children to be silent and not trust that their daddy will love them enough to help them. Father, in the name of Jesus, I repent for the women in this day and in this hour. Lord, I release the Father blessing. That just like Father Abraham... Bless Isaac. Woo. And Isaac blessed Jacob. And Jacob blessed his sons that became the tribes of Israel. Father God, Lord, I just speak for a heritage blessing upon these houses today. Come on, church, pray with me. Come on, maybe you didn't have the daddy that you desired to have. Maybe you didn't have the father instruction. You have the greatest father's attention right now. Come on. Come on, say, Father, I need your instruction today. Lead me and guide me. Come on, mamas in the room. Come on, women of God. This is an everybody thing. Come on, kingdom of God. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Come, thy kingdom be done, thy will on earth as it is released in heaven right now. And give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our sins, O oh God. Forgive us for turning a deaf ear to the Father's voice. Forgive us to not heeding instructors, God, that you sent in our life to teach us for a season. Forgive us for being rebellious against your word, Father. We hope you enjoyed this word. If you would like to hear more messages like this one, please take a second and click the subscribe button. And for more information on our ministry, please visit us at rhctn.com.